Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 94 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you by our good friends over at SeatGeek. Today, having a seat is one of our fine co-hosts. You know him from the Tampa Bay Rays, six foot eight, strapping young lad. Hi, Tyler Glass now. Hi. Thanks for having me again, man. <laughs> it's good to see you. It's been a little while. How are you? Good. Yeah, it has been a while. What was it, like a month? More? More. Less. Yeah. Nice. A little, little more. I give you a little breather and uh, you know you span the globe you do your little fancy trips you have your arm yep, yep, on the yep. beat drink my ties cute yeah here there. um I apologize you may notice I'm a little I'm a little pink in the face I just finished my workout um, I don't know uh, do this nice though what'd you do what workout <clears throat> oh I have my trainer twice a week and Ooh. I, my doc you know so I'm at a certain age where you got to see the doctor twice a year it's not just your uh -huh. yearly physical he wants to check sure. your numbers and stuff and he said, every number is great, except for the one when you step on the scale. Ah, I see. So, That's good. At least only one's bad. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a hard thing to get that one down if you're my body yeah. type. And I have to confer with you because you're, you know, you eat well, you work out great. You look like an Olympic water polo player. <laughs> All of that. Any do you, uh, yeah. Do uh, the easiest way is yeah. just do intermittent fasting. I do that anyway. Oh, yeah. When did you start? I've been doing it for years. I do the 16-8 yeah. program. My problem is for the eight. It's what I put in there. Like you could also, I don't know if like medically I'm in the best position to give you advice, but I know like everyone that has done keto, it's kind of boring and it's like annoying if you like to go out to eat because it's like eat meat and vegetables and stuff. But like, I don't know, just get the, get the nice natural carbs don't do the refined the breads and stuff like that it's hard it's harder said than done I'm, i have weaknesses too i eat okay I eat the pizza all right <laughs> all right so what are you up to these days what do we got what's what's going on in your world nothing just rehabbing uh still in tampa waiting for all the union mlb stuff to get figured out so just doing a lot of training and a lot of different pts and yeah trying to get back and, and do it with the team okay how are you have you started throwing at all yeah, I'm at 75 feet right now. It feels really good. So Ooh. the procedure I had done as well, it's like the hybrid. So it's like the actual reconstruction with the brace and it takes a lot longer to get like loose. But apparently once it gets like loosened up, I think the ups and downs are generally like few and far between. So I'm really early in, in like the rehab stage as far as throwing is going, but like it feels great. So, I mean, it's coming out too. Like it's my biggest not worry, but what I expected when I first started to throw again was my timing and like throwing a baseball game after not throwing for seven months or whatever, six months was going to be weird, but it, it wasn't like the first time I threw, I was like, Oh, ah, kind of, it's almost like I picked up where I left off. And then like, as the week's gone on, it just, it feels like I hadn't taken any time off. So, I mean, I'm still only at 75 feet, so I have a lot left, but I feel really good. How often do you do that? Three times a week is throwing right now. So I'm sure I'll probably mix it and I'll get into like four days and all that coming up here soon. I haven't even looked at my schedule. All right. So once they do that is I'm very unfamiliar with this process. Do they then like test you out and make sure everything's stable or is it just you go about your business and they expect everything to be fine? I think you just go about your business and expect everything to be fine. And like a lot of doctors protocols will have like a, like a radar gun to make sure you're not like going too hard or going too slow. Um, but for the most part, I think you just kind of follow the program. And if you have a setback or something, you can maybe go get it re-imaged or go see a doctor or something. But uh, for the most part, I think I'm just going to be on like in my normal thing. And then obviously, hopefully a deal gets done soon. And then like, it'll be a lot easier to 
manage like the whole PT day if I can just do everything in house. And I, that's something I've noticed too. I've taken for granted with like baseball in general, like the lockout, like how easy it is to do everything at the field as opposed to having to go to 15 different PT. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Annoying. Well, listen, let's look at it this way. If this thing keeps getting uh, pushed back yeah. further and further, hold on one second. Let me shut off my phone because I understand I'm getting a little buzzing. I apologize. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, is that me too? Is that just mine buzz? No, no, no. It's just my phone. Oh. Sometimes I forget. You know, I get old man syndrome and I forget to turn off my <laughs> phone before we start. So we should be okay. good. Um, if this thing keeps getting pushed back and back, who knows? You might be the race opening day starter. Yeah, who knows? Honestly, I really hope that's not the case. I think it'd be <laughs> nice to play sooner than later. Uh, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> Since you are a player rep, can we dive in a little bit to this? I really don't want to make this the subject of today's, but since you are involved in yeah. this stuff, yeah, give us like the daily protocol for you. What what happens? Do you get emails from the MLBPA saying this is what's going on, and then do you hop on a Zoom every? What's going on? It's generally like the, like they'll have their meeting or whatever. It used to be like a, a big formal type, like all the reps would get on the Zoom call in the meeting with MLB and blah blah. blah. And we've kind of moved away from that. It's been a smaller group negotiation and they'll meet with our like the player reps in the in the executive board and all the people from the union and then we'll get on and we'll kind of figure out what's going on and like game plan I guess a lot of that goes through the executive board as well like the few guys that are on that but we'll get a call kind of get a game plan they'll get on their zoom or they'll get in uh on person negotiations or whatever because they're in like New York or wherever they are so they're doing like smaller in-person groups just probably more efficient I think more things probably get done and then after we'll have a zoom conference and they'll kind of fill us in on like what's going on. And then like, it's just a continuous cycle of like meeting and then then meeting in person, giving us summaries and then like meeting. And we just keep doing that over and over again until like we slowly reach an agreement. <laughs> Did um, we're taping this on a Tuesday, a week ago, we as baseball fans, I think kind of got duped into thinking that something was going to finally get done. Did you think you, did you think we were at the finish line last week? No, I, th I think like, I'm not, I don't know like what MLB's thinking, obviously, like I'm not in the room, but I, I mean, a lot of times, like in, even right now, you're kind of hearing like, I think it'd be, it's great. Like, I, I hope that that is the case, but I think a lot of times they'll, they'll like put a lot of like optimism out there. So if something doesn't, they'll like get people's hopes up. And then if it doesn't happen, it'll be like, well, we tried, but the players, you know, they didn't, they didn't, uh, make any like agreements or what, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, so I just, I don't know. I think a lot of it's like optics. I don't know how, I, I think sometimes like we'll have the meetings and we'll figure out what's going on. And then like a lot of the stuff you see in the media, it'll be like leaks or just like some misinformation or whatever. So it's hard to like really know what's like real and what's not. Unfortunately, I'm kind of in the position where I can see what's actually going on. And like, we have a group chat and everyone gets filled in. So as long as like the communication is good amongst like players and reps and executive board, usually flows pretty well. Did you, um, so you weren't in the room last Tuesday, were you? The actual negotiating room, it's like, it's just a few players and members of like, the, it's like, it'll, they'll all talk about too, be like a group of four from MLB, group of four from like the union or whatever. Yeah, but I'm talking about that. like when the union was meeting, when. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I want to play something for you because I think that, I think what happens a lot in these negotiations, just for a fan, what makes it confusing is that, as you mentioned, there are leaks to each side, right? Yeah. Sometimes the the MLB wants to get its message out. Sometimes the players want to get their message out, and we all understand that. 
Bill Madden, who's a very famous sports writer, I believe he's in the Hall of Fame and has been covering this sport for decades. And whether you like him or you don't like him, I will say this. He crossed a picket line as a writer in 1990. That's a fact. I'm not picking on the guy. That is a fact. So it seems like he's not the biggest union dude anyway. Went on Chris Russo's radio show. And listen, I'm a, I consider Mad Dog a friend. Yeah. But he, he does work at MLB Network, and he is always he, – he makes no bones about it. He's always back the owners. Yeah. So this was their discussion of what transpired on that Tuesday night. I just want you to listen to it. Okay. They tell me that Max Scherzer was a complete out-of-control maniac during these, during these negotiations, coming in, screaming at everybody, losing his temper, and uh, with all these crazy demands coming from Boris on this deal. Boris's idea was to blow up the entire previous – uh, basic agreement and try to and, and get a whole new one. Two thirty-five in the morning on Tuesday, they were close to a deal. Why did they stop? Why did they go home that night? Because Boris came into the thing on Tuesday. He came into the thing. Well, I don't know if he was personally there. I, I, he sent Scherzer in as his emissary and said, "No, this deal is no good." He blew up the whole deal. They're all drinking the Boris Kool Aid. They allowed it to happen because the player reps are all mostly Boris players. Uh, and they all agreed that this is a bad deal, and then and they're not going to sign it. Yeah, I mean that's not true. <laughs> like it's funny. I think too. There's been a lot of like, well, the player like we were supposed to have a deal, and the players changed their mind. Like we've never changed our narrative the entire time this has happened. Like our proposals have moved like kind of in line. I guess like we, we would make a move, MLB would move a little bit. Like it's not like we went here, there, 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 there. Like. We knew too that day that there was probably not going to be a deal done. Like they were willing to maybe move a little bit on one thing, but we had three, four other things that they weren't willing to move on. And then they had that was back when I think they still had their CBT penalties, and that was like the big breakthrough. They were like willing to drop that, and that. But there was never. I don't think on our side there was ever like, wow, this is like very opt. Like I, I do think they pushed that narrative to when it, it there isn't a deal. Who are you? Who is like the general public going to be disappointed in? If MLB's pumping like, "Oh, there's a deal. We think there's a deal to be done," and there's not, I think it's just easy to assign blame to the right. players. But that whole like, that's just dumb. That well, whole, can like, I focus shield. on the Scott Boris thing? Yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Scott Boris is a very, very good agent for his players for the most sure. part. Yeah, I don't agree with everything. Scott and I have had several conversations over the last couple of decades, very cordially. Yeah. Um, we both make our points. First of all, you're you're a union rep. Mm-hmm. You're not represented by Scott Boris. Yeah. Lucas Giolito is a union rep. He's not represented by Boris. Miguel yeah. Rojas is a union rep. He's not represented by Boris. So for Bill Madden to come out and say all the union reps are represented by Boris is, is a bold faced lie. Sorry. I'm just yeah. going to call it what it is. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, he like, he's like an MLB reporter, as you said, like maybe he really genuinely thinks that's what's going on. Like I've heard people say it before, but it just, it's not, I just think it's weird. Just there are 30 reps and six executive board people. And like, there are people who are represent who Boris does represent who are complete opposite opinion or not opposite opinion, but like might have, you know what I mean? They're not like all in the same wavelength. I think most union rep, obviously like with the deals on the table, it's been very easy to be like, this is not a good deal. They're going to need to negotiate a bit better. Right. But like you, everyone has very like different opinions on certain things. And it's, it's a whole melting pot of ideas. And I think like, Every single time there's been a proposal back and forth or any sort of like movement, you have to get all 30 reps on the call. And like people are, everyone's been very much on the same side, but it was never like, it just, it, it's not like someone is, or, you know what I mean? It's like pretty easy to be like the, the deal that 
they're pushing over is not good. Like you don't need to have some super agent tell you that it's just not good. Like hopefully we can move forward and get a negotiation, but it just doesn't, that's just not how it's going down. Let's cut to the chase. Was Max Scherzer insane or not? I'm actually not in those uh, in the room on those, but absolutely no, that's dumb. I have seen like we've been in rooms together with MLB, and he's not insane. That's okay. I, I mean, the times I'm not there, I can't speak on, but I'm going to go ahead and call that a lie. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> okay, I appreciate you clearing everything up. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the diamond. I'm, I've had enough of the union talk for the day. Mm-hmm. Did you see the report from John Heyman? that the Tampa Bay Rays prior to the lockout made an offer to Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I saw that. I know. Crazy. Good. I don't know if he's going to go there. If I had to, if I was a betting man, I would probably say maybe not. Uh, but I don't even know like what the, that's, it's interesting. Like it's pretty awesome. Like to go out there and make a move like that for such a big name guy. I don't know what the offer was, but I'm just assuming it wasn't as much as the other teams. <laughs> One for 18. <laughs> We like one you for at 18? one for 18. Ooh. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I, no, I was like, oh, shit. Is that real? <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's cool. I mean, honestly, though, like just signing Wander to that huge deal and then like trying to go get Freddie Freeman, like that's that's pretty awesome. I think they know like the core players they have right now are people that they can build off of. So I, I mean, I hope it continues after the lockout. That'd be awesome. Well, Plouffe said on baseball today, he was like, this is the time for the Rays to go do that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Be, do you agree that it's like, because this is, totally out of bounds for them now they just gave wander franco a deal that could end up in the low 200s but that's well over a decade lifespan and it's one of their own longoria they gave him that hundred million dollar deal like a week after he came up once again one of their own kiermeyer's between 50 and 60 homegrown as well Mm -hmm. i think if i did my research the right way and somebody could say hey rose you're wrong here it is but i think the biggest deal they've ever given somebody outside of your organization to come in morton, was charlie yeah. morton a couple of years ago yeah when, two when they 30 did the two for yeah. 30 and the back end was a club option so yeah. it would just it doesn't mean it can't happen it just would mean it's out of the raise norm yeah exactly and i mean i feel like too the price tag is probably a bit more for freddie freeman but like just to even go out and give an offer like that is that's awesome and the fact that the, i mean it's it's real genuine interest in him obviously and i just I think it's it's kind of amazing. And I don't know like how much they can or can't spend or whatever, but I just it's such a good sign. And I think Eric too is just like such a phenomenal GM and wants to win so bad that like when you do see moves like this and then you see guys getting signed to these long-term deals, it's like I don't think it's just this. Let's I don't know. It just it, it's very in my mind, it's like a very optimistic future for the race. So it's exciting. Once this it's gonna get done at some point. I don't know if it's today, tomorrow, or 10 days from now. Yeah. When it's done, what, what are the next 48 hours going to look like once players can sign? Uh, I don't, dude, I don't know. I don't know the order of it. Like I'm sure free agents that have been like, I'm assuming teams are still like, maybe not talking amongst each other for free agents, but like people are still planning on like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what they've I mean? Got like, their they, wish they, they've created. got their wish list. Yeah. They're, I think it's going to be a crazy free agent market. Like teams are going to be calling like crazy. And then I think, Probably a bunch of trades will go down. I think I don't know the order of it, but like arbitration, all the people have been tendered and stuff, but like they got to figure all that out as well. So I don't know how fast the cases are going to go on. I'm assuming it would be like you'll report to camp and you'll probably start spring training and then do your arbitration case while you're at spring training because it's just too many guys to be able to do in like two days, right? You have to do it probably while spring is going on. I'm assuming. I don't know. That is crazy. I know. It's I'm interested to find out as well. Like I, I just. Yeah. 
well, we've talked about the reality with you. You were like, yeah, listen, I'd love to stay, but there's a possibility I could get trade. There's several guys on your team that the minute the doors are unlocked could be yeah. hitting the road. Yeah, for sure. And I think everyone's well aware of that. Like if you look back, like history has shown, they don't tend to like, I don't know, things could be changing. I mean, they're offering Freddie Freeman contracts and stuff now. So who knows? Like I'm sure most people are like, well, that'd be great. Because I mean, obviously when you, anyone who plays for the Rays will tell you it's a pretty awesome place to play. So I'm sure everyone who is there would love to stay. But I guess it's anyone's guess at this point. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. And then like, it's another thing too, like I've mentioned it before, I would love to stay. But also if you're like, if you put yourself in a GM shoes and somebody offers like some crazy deal, like what are you supposed to do? Like, I don't know. You had to have to navigate the best way you you can, and I feel like it, it's just depending on whatever what player it is. If a good enough deal comes along, you kind of have to consider it, right? Yeah, true. Yeah. Did you see our boy Stephen Brault? We just had him on the rotation. Yeah, um, I didn't watch the full thing, but I saw I saw the tidbits. Okay, but did you see what he posted on social media? The slider. Oh watch yeah. This. Did yeah. you see this? Yeah. I feel like he yanked that one a little bit. <laughs> so um, have you ever set up a can- like, what was he doing? I tried to text him, but I think his phone is broken. So what I, is the objective here? I'm pretty sure that camera is in the right-handed batter's box and he just short armed it and yanked it really hard into the batter's box. So the plate is probably way over that way, but he just yanked it really bad and didn't put anything in front of his phone. Or maybe there's a net in front of his phone. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, because it looks like there's a little. But is he trying to figure out what, like, why is he filming himself from this angle? Can you guys tell something on your delivery? Maybe to see, maybe to have to shape it. Yeah, probably like delivery stuff. See his front side. Like, go back to the beginning of it. I want to see how, like, narrow the angle is. Yeah, I mean, maybe to see if he's, like, twisting too much. I do this angle sometimes when I'm pitching. And if I don't have anyone to film, I'll just, like, set the camera up. Depends on what he was trying to work on, but maybe direction, possibly. Uh, you better have good phone insurance. Yeah, I know. For real. That's what he looks like. His, his stride's more narrow to, or like straighter because he used to be across his body. Maybe that's what he's working on. Hmm. hmm. Like I said, I can't text him because I think it's busted. Sign his DMs, Chris. I will. Do it. <laughs> I will. I'm going to tell you a great broken phone story. Okay. Right before I would left for the Indy Combine. So I'm taking my daily walk. That's what old fat guys do, right? <laughs> After our cardio. Yeah. And I get to the stoplight at a major street where I live. And the fucking crosswalk has been broken. Like they stop, but they're not giving me the crosswalk sign. And in LA, you have to adhere to those. Yeah. They will give you a jaywalking ticket or you'll get run over. One of the two. Yeah. But it it wouldn't let me go for like three minutes. So I was like, screw it. The next time it's supposed to be my turn, I go. Well, it's a big, long street. I had like eight seconds to get across. So I'm running, I'm running. I have to run now, like a jog, joggish, yeah. waddle, okay. whatever. And I hear somebody honk their horn. I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. And I keep going and I'm listening to a podcast. And all of a sudden it gets crackly. I was like, what's going on? So I check my phone, which was in my back pocket. Oh, it's like, it's not it there. No, I turn sucks. around the phone is lying down face down in the crosswalk and so i'm watching all these cars speed by i'm like don't drive over my phone no not one of them did and i was like oh great so then it's the light light stops i run over i flip it over cracked cracked one of of the first cars had driven right over it oh right over it 
it didn't work at all or was it just obviously it was still working everything was still working except it just was shattered so i took it to one of the great glass fixer shops 29 bucks got that bad boy fixed yep i got a quote to fix my ipad it was like 120 dollars, and i was like i'm gonna go i'm gonna take my business elsewhere (laughs) but wait a second you don't have insurance on that thing Oh, maybe that. No, my iPad's really old and I like found it randomly and I was like, oh, I should fix a screen, but that would make sense. I guess insurance is probably the Asurion. Shout out Asurion. Family of four compared to a hot single guy. It's just, that's what we do when we have yeah. families. I had the insurance too. Yeah. Well, uh, growing up. So I kind of forgot our schedule. Did you go on a trip after we spoke last time? There was a nice Instagram uh, photo of you and a bunch of people on a boat. Oh yeah. I went to Austin. So not really like, I just went, I guess, really, I guess it's still in Texas. I went with my brother and Carly uh, and my girlfriend and we all hung out and just stayed for the weekend. Saw a comedy show. Oh, and amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. Maybe I'll get the guy's name. Actually. He was hilarious. Really? I don't even know how to find it. Dude. He was, he's been on some pretty big, like, cards too let me, let me does he pick me. on the audience he did a little bit not really the show they didn't really like mess with it uh Derek Poston it was he was hilarious and he wasn't even the headliner I think he uh, someone else headlined it sucks I don't know his name but I think they switched that that weekend because it was the other it said it was his first headlining weekend and I think Derek would generally be the headliner um but it was I love stand-up comedy it was really really good and it was one of those like not bad stand-up comedy days because that nothing where is nothing sucks more than going to a comedy show and like watching someone do bad and just like oh you want to run away and you can't i just i hate it but it, this was like it was phenomenal how big a venue small it was i forgot the name of the club it was by it was probably 50 people around oh. there yeah small intimate yeah i like it like that nice like intimate. you've never seen like a huge like I saw, yeah, I've seen like a comedy. I saw Joe Rogan in Tampa and that oh was like kind of, there was too many people. That was like kind of gnarly. Um, the openers that he had were, were good though. But like, I usually like when I lived in New York and then in LA, obviously I've been to like the comedy store and the Laugh Factory and all that stuff. So yeah, saw a lot of comedy back in the day. But your travel days are like over now. You just got to sit around and answer emails, Zooms and rehab and that's it pretty much pretty much and zooms have obviously it's been like a lot more and like i have to do like the summaries and stuff and send them the messages but like for on the weekends i can still travel maybe go somewhere and like a friday to sunday trip but i think now that i'm like throwing a lot more and like getting into the actual like gotta sit and do the routine stuff it'll probably just hang out stay you have a um whenever i was on uh business meetings on zoom you always have like a couple of texting buddies and you're like God, this really sucks. This meeting <laughs> almost over. Do you have any of those? Yeah, there's not really, I don't think it's a lot of like, cause it's usually pretty good information. Everyone's always like curious throughout the day and then they finally give you the update and then you have to like fill your team in. So you're kind of just like, I'm in between like my notes doing a summary and then I'll text like JMO or like anyone on the camera. If you, cause you pee up, like have their cameras on. So yes. you just be like, nice, sure. Or so stupid. Like it yeah. depends on who it is. So, like Jacob Stallings or like JMO usually. And Garrett's on there, just random people, whatever, like Nimmo, maybe sometimes. And just, yeah. Does anybody look like a fucking slob on those things? Like, so people, I think a lot of times you forget you're on camera. And like, there's a lot of times too, I'll just be like eating. I'm like, don't even know. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot my camera's on. <laughs> Probably like picking my nose and stuff. Sometimes people look like you can tell some people are like, just woke up. 
or like certain people, like for the most part, guys are a lot of, I mean, too, if you're like in the gym, sometimes some people doing like arm exercises while listening, it's pretty Come on. Can we, sure. Cause they'll do it in like a really like certain times. It'll be like three or like 12 and they'll give you like a 30 minute update before. Cause like, it's on like a run. They don't really know when the meetings are going to happen and like how, when they're going to finish and they might have to go do two that day. And then you'll have an update and then a meeting and then an update. So guys, like you're not going to stop doing what you're doing. Like I've been uh, on it in PT before. So I'm just like put my headphones in and like do all my, my PT exercises while listening. It's interesting. It's random. Yeah. And so what do you send out like a, a, a raise email or what? No, I, I have like a, it's like a group chat. There's like 35 dudes on it. And it's just like certain, like, what do you guys think? Or whatever, or like giving them like, this is what the union thinks or blah, blah, blah. It's just like a type of a summary. And then sometimes they'll send a summary out, but for the most part, reps just have to like give a, like a generic overview of like what's going on. Cause obviously two guys are like in like Twitter and all that stuff nowadays, like so much stuff leaks out and they're like, what's going on? Like, what's an update? And I'm like, I'm still on the meeting. I don't even know. I'm just figuring this out right now. So it's just like about informing dudes and stuff. So I enjoy it though. It's not, I like it. Everyone's like pretty talkative on it as well. Has it been a good, like, have you learned a ton? Yeah, I think like, especially all like the weird little rules. And like, I, I think for the most part, like how baseball operates, like I have a pretty good understanding of like, especially like with the union, the MLB and like a lot of, I can answer like a lot of questions and stuff and like the legal side, it's not like I'm a lawyer by any means. And there's a lot of other people who know a lot more, but I think it all like the, the big picture kind of like makes a lot of sense And I've been doing it for a while, I guess, like, um, even just like I went and did like arbitration cases like with Bauer and stuff before. So I've always been interested in like the process of it. Cause it's just so weird when you're in the minor leagues or just looking at MLB from afar as a kid, you're like, and then you learn all these weird little rules and like all the stuff that it, it's just so strange. And I was just like very curious to see how it worked. And so I just all like the so many different rules and the options and the rule fives and all these million different things and trying to explain. I always think like, I guess I know a little bit, but then you explain it to someone who knows a little bit, or you try to, and you're just like, Oh my God, this shit is confusing. Like you'll go over it. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I've explained it to my girlfriend 12 times and not kidding. And she goes like, so what's like the, there's the chicken tenders and then the non-chicken tenders, like non-tender. <laughs> like she, it's, and we'll go over it all the time. And like, our, and like, I swear we'll go over like the stats of like arbitration. How, Cause she's curious. She'll be like, how's it work? And I'm like, and I go over it. Like, yeah, this makes sense. This makes sense. But then when I, I look at people and I'm explaining it, they're just like, what are you talking about? Like, I'll explain certain things to Ted and Ted's one of the smartest people. I've yeah, ever met. Ted is like, smart. very, very intelligent. And I'll go over it with him. And I probably just suck ass at explaining it at a certain point too. I probably, but he just, there certain things. He's just like, I don't really get it. I'm sure if we sat down and like went through it, it would be a thing, but it's the same thing when he explains like his job or his work to me, he'll use all these acronyms. And I'm just like, I just yeah, act yeah. like I'm listening after like two minutes. No idea. <laughs> yeah. No idea. Sucks. Yeah. Well, so you guys apparently have approved, I don't know if this is true or not, for 2023, some rules changes and stuff. Yeah. I think it was more about, so like the, as the rule stands right now, MLB, if they propose something to us in 2023, they can implement it whether we like it or not in 2024. Okay. So they just wanted an agreement to be able to do it a year earlier. Got it. Well, let me ask you this. Are you in favor of banning the shift personally? Uh, I think for the sake of like baseball, I think it's, it's a weird, it's strange when like MLB is telling you that you can't do something, but I guess in this case you kind of have to, cause like teams are, are going to shift. I think for like the entertainment factor of baseball, I think it's probably better. I think most yes. people probably don't like the shifts like as a pitcher and a, a pitcher on the Rays, 
they do a phenomenal job with the shift, but I do think like if I'm viewing like the game, I think it's probably good to just get rid of them. It's pretty annoying having like a million and two, like when they first came out, a lot of pitchers too, just hate it. And I do think if you were to look at like the raw data, you're as a pitcher, you benefit from the shifts if the team is good at it. Totally. But yeah, I think it's probably best to not. I think the, the art of pitching will probably come back too. Ooh. I think so. Like you really need a double play, like get it. I guess shifts maybe not have anything to do with that, but like, I don't know. It just seemed like that was more, maybe because I played for the pirates and that was like their whole MO, all minor leagues, but like, I don't know, just having the, just being able to like slow a bat down or speed a bat up. You have an infielder on this side, pull side away side. Like, uh-huh. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Cause I want to get to your, uh, your amateur days. And I know that you said you were a late bloomer and you'd signed early with one of the directional Oregon schools, right? Which, yeah, University of Portland. Go oh, University of Portland. Okay. Um, but I imagine there were scouts there for you, right? Uh, for what? Like I in the fourth yeah. round. Yeah. Well, so I committed after my or like my my junior year. After my junior year, I threw like 84, 86 or something like that. And then I was talking to like UCLA and Santa Barbara and like uh, Berkeley. I really wanted to go to Berkeley. Oh, you and uh, and Portland offered me a scholarship. And I went and visited there and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And it's like D1 and I didn't throw very hard. And I was like, I'd much rather just commit to a school and be able to have my senior year and just like work on what I need to work on and not try to like go put stats up to go to college. And then my senior year, I started throwing like 87, 91, but I was like athletic and tall. And then a lot more scouts started to show up and I already committed to colleges or a college. So it wasn't like a bunch of college guys. It was just a bunch of, it was like pro scouts. So So when they show up and you know, they're there. Yeah. Did you get nervous? I don't, it's like, I don't remember getting super nervous, but I'm sure like I get nervous even now pitching. Like, so I'm assuming like before, honestly, in high school, before we started, I was super nervous, like butterflies, like wanting to vomit a little bit nervous. So I think having a scout there was just like, fuck it. I'm already going to vomit. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like it was maybe a little extra, but I was already like at the tip of my nervousness that I like didn't. I don't know. I just, I don't really remember that being a thing. I think it was more about like wanting to do well for the team and wanting to pitch well. It did suck. If you sucked when there were scouts there though, that, that was in another level of suck. That didn't happen with you. Sometimes of course. Like I remember there was a couple games where I'd give up like a, a, I'd come in relief and like throw really hard because the scouts were there and then like give up a run or something. Wait a second. You weren't a starter? I was, but there was one game against I think Valencia where I came in in relief and I gave up a run and I think they won. But it was no, I was a star. I had a really good season. I had like I won something ERA, but I, I still had like games where I didn't do that great. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Did you hit? No. I did like sophomore year, and then like I was just bones and limbs when I was a junior and a senior. I weighed like 180, 190 pounds, and I was just like a goober. I broke my ribs tackling someone in football my freshman year, and I was like. I think it's uh, I think it's time for me to just like pick something and stick with it. It was just like I was like a walking just disaster. I would just get hurt all the time. I was just so like I just looked malnourished and I just had no coordination. I couldn't like hit the ball. Uh, but yeah, I just stuck to pitching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. That's too bad. I would like to have seen it because there's guys in the league that Brady plays in. You know, he plays Sierra Canyon. Yeah, as a kid that's going to possibly be a top five pick, 
Yeah. Name is Newt. He looks like he should be in AAA right now. He's just a beast. He throws 98. Yeah. Oh, dang. Hey, th- they've got three guys or four guys that have thrown harder than 90. Dang. Yeah. Are scouts coming to see him as well? Or like, oh, it's probably yeah. nice playing all these. I'm not, not Nuke, your son. Oh, no. He's a sophomore. No. He's, oh, okay. He's getting it's still there, probably, man. it's still cool to like have, it's cool when you play good competition because that's when I, I had a lot of friends get picked up that way. Like them going to see someone else and being like, who's this kid? And then like, you just start to like a scout will see him and be like, oh, he could be good. Or like, he has a lot of potential and then you kind of follow up. So it's, it's well, nice playing good competition. So it's interesting because, you know, I don't know anything about it. Our older son uh, was a hooper. He wasn't a baseball player. Okay. But with baseball, they're like, yeah, you've got to get on this sort of tack and have people help you and all this sort of stuff. I was like, really? And we had friends that somebody's paying like $8,500 to have somebody help their kid. I'm like, whoa, stupid. We're not doing that. Stupid. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, that's the thing. Like if you're good, you're good. You just go play, do your general, like you can play scout ball when season's over and then you play season ball. Like, and a scout sees you and you're good. Like if you're good, you're good. You know what I like? And you practice does make you better, but like it doesn't, the more money you spend, doesn't, translate into being better like x number of dollars doesn't mean that's just that's not how it goes like if you're willing to train hard and and play and like stay dedicated then like that's really all you got to do well but for people that are listening to this because we do have some young people that listen and they want to aspire to be you one day let's say or at least just get to college and play which would still be a remarkable achievement now you're different i mean you're six foot eight and you Mm -hmm. are there's no question your genes help yeah we are right i mean for sure okay yeah, part of the equation. But what do you tell them? Because people are saying today it's all about private lessons and doing all that in order to get better. I think uh, like with all the resources nowadays, like look at all the YouTube stuff and look at all the stuff where like places that put up training videos where a lot of pros go. You know what I mean? Like all these facilities where guys work out in the off season, like the stuff that they'll put up on Instagram of like mechanical stuff or like how like training stuff and all that like there's so many things you can look at online like and and obviously not just some random account but there's stuff that's like really good quality places that'll put up workouts and like the biomechanic knowledge and all that stuff and i think for the most part it's like getting a plan and sticking to it and then as you learn to have a routine with your one plan say you want to go to the weight room you want to lift twice a week get like a, a program like that, like a deadlift and like just something easy, something light, and then go and do long toss and have throwing program like three, four times a week, like sticking, doing that. And then sticking to that every week. And then you'll slowly learn like, okay, this is what I can get better at. Or this, you like slowly learn your body. And I think the sooner you can like get into a routine and like really listen to what's going on, the more you can make your own adjustments. And I think as far as like most guys just try to, the number one thing for scouts is like throwing hard. And there's so much stuff out there to like, you can do so many things to throw hard, like get in shape. You just have to be willing to put the work in. I think there's a lot of people too that are like, I just don't have a plan. I don't know what to do. But even if they had a plan, they wouldn't go to the gym on their own time. Like they wouldn't go and try to do all this stuff. And the people that really have that, like the want and that work ethic, they're going to find a way and they're going to do it. So I think most of it's probably just like, be honest with yourself. Are you actually willing to go put in the work? You don't have to have a perfect workout program. You just have to go work out and like, you know what I mean? Like it'll slowly make you become more athletic and you can slowly start to learn new things, but it just starts with like putting in the work, I guess. I like that. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, yep. Two other things before we let you go. One is since you spent a lot of time in the state of Florida, I need you to try and explain some of the, this video, Robbie, let's, l- let's get this up if we can of the, did you see the dude who tried to steal the crossbow 
no. in, in Florida by sticking it down his sweatpants and then zipping up his jacket. How do we explain wow. this? <laughs> I don't know. That's a bold move. And then oh, he's got a crutch. He's that's... got a crutch. But look at that's <laughs> there. You're hung like a crossbow. That has to be a joke. The camera's like directly pointed at him. Like you don't think he would look up before trying to steal a crossbow? Maybe he's on drugs. Who knows? I mean, <sighs> what is that? What store can you go in and buy a? Is it like a Cabela's? It's Florida. Yeah, you're right. It's probably a Seven <laughs> Eleven. It's it could be anything. <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. Do we nuts. applaud him for the effort, or do we say, are you just the knucklehead of the year? Probably. I would say, if the kids are listening, I'd say you're a knucklehead of the year. But deep down, I'm like, that takes some nuts. <laughs> okay, let's be honest. Have you ever shoplifted? I have stolen two things in my life. And it was when I was a little kid. Apparently, I don't even remember this. I stole candy from a gas station. I was like young, young. And I don't know if I would actually did it on purpose. Uh, and my dad caught me and was like, what? And he made me go back and apologize to the, I was like five. Like I really, I think I took it and didn't even think about it and like put it in my, I just didn't even know that you had to buy things. And then when I was like 16 or something, I stole two ping pong balls from the 99 cent store. Those are the only two things I've, I've stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I can't, I'm not a shoplifter. It's never been you, like my, did you keep it? The ping pong balls? Yeah. Or did you yeah. The two, I'm, no, I kept, I like, Took the two and then left, and I just needed ping pong balls. You needed beer pong balls. Exactly. That's probably what <laughs> it's exactly was. Exactly what it was. <laughs> Trying to impress one of the one of the young. Yeah, we're like we need ping pong balls. We to go. I was like, yeah, well, I got to get these two real quick. We were in the ninety nine cent store, and it was just like a convenient thing, and like I didn't have any money, so it was like, like, huh, I mean, what are we not going to play beer pong? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> Do your parents know that I stole the ping pong balls? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm sure I've told them in like a like a story. I don't know. Donna, it could be worse. I stole him two things. Donna, <laughs> if you're listening, I know, she'll don't me. hold it against him. He's cleaned up his act for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really has. Yep. Um, I think I stole. I used to get packs of, believe it or not, I collected football cards. I had obviously had a ton of baseball cards, but I used to go on a football card kick. So I'd walk to the store, and I'd get a ton of packs of football cards. I think I snuck a couple extra in there. Person behind the counter had no idea. Yeah. That's just small little, small little things. I just yeah. have always had such a guilty like conscience. If like I do do something, I think I would sit there and be like, "Ah, it's just I shouldn't have done that." It's not like that's oh, bad. Well, you got uh, scared the shit out of by the. Uh, the I think that's what did it for the water balloon fiasco. Yeah, I also think when my dad caught me when I was five, I do I vividly remember him like yelling and being like, "You don't steal stuff," and I was like, "I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm five. <laughs> but I remember I, I think that like permanently got into my brain. I just don't think I ever tried it again. I know he yelled at me for picking on Ted that one episode. Did he? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yell at me, but he was. Like, I know. I, I didn't know. like you. Were you picking on Ted? I was like, I wasn't making fun of him. I was. Hey. Like, oh. <laughs> I think Ted liked it. I really do. That right, actually, think, this, this, before, no. I don't even know. This isn't even that good of a story, but I do know someone. I'm not going to say names. I remember looking over like a, a college, like if you ever read like what your tuition consists of. Mm -hmm. It was a really expensive school. It was one of my friends. And if you look at like, you actually read what you're signing at the very bottom or at certain universities, they always take out like a thousand dollars or $2,000 a year or a semester for stolen goods. They, have, they like accumulate the amount of kids that are in the school. And they assume that these kids are going to steal a certain amount, like off stolen goods. And 
rather than like them covering it because they're super rich universities, they like charge kids for it's probably in most tuitions if you really like or like most whatever what's the word I'm looking for like when you sign to go to school or whatever like the you yeah, sign I mean, a, yeah your what's basic agreement that you have to sign, yeah right? if you read through it thoroughly it'll talk about like stolen goods a lot of universities have it and so I was one of my buddies was like it's a thousand bucks so every single semester he'd go to the student store and open his backpack and calculate a thousand dollars worth of stuff and steal it he's like I'm not fucking stealing it they already charged me for it and that's oh, what that's- I was like I just, that's, that's good stuff. I think that should be allowed. <laughs> and you know what, when he gets in front of the disciplinary committee, he's actually exactly. got a legit gripe. And now yeah. since you are uh, Tyler Glass, now Esquire, when you <laughs> represent him as yeah, an attorney <laughs> at law, after all your time here with the union. Yeah, there you go. You could also speak. I didn't know it said the good stone. That means I can take a thousand dollars for the stuff. And like, no, you can't. And you go, okay, now I know. Now I won't do it again. <laughs> that is actually a good enough story to make it. Maybe. Depends on how good the university is, but we'll see. I'd love to know which school it was. I can't say the the school because I think I'll I'll give away who it was. (laughs) I don't want them to get in trouble. (laughs) I think you know, though. (laughs) That's good. Hit me up later. Yeah, there you go. Text Brault on his broken phone and let him know. Might be be Brault at Regis University. Maybe. never know. Yeah. Um, I think you've done just about all of these on here. Okay. So... I just got back. I got a little lazy last night. I just got back from the scouting combine, so I haven't had time to change it. So let's see here. I'll give you your choice. Have we talked about your first car? Yeah, I think we did. Okay. I don't know. How about this one? What are we, what are we watching? Um, what are we I have the, the Last Dance on repeat always. I've seen it like five times. I always watch it. I just watch it all the time. And then I'm watching uh, what I just bought. Um, so I'm watching Succession. Did you tell me to watch that? Yeah, I think we did. I'm watching that. I'm like actually paying attention to it. I really like it. It's good. I'm like pretty pretty involved now. And then um, what just came out? The one on HBO with Magic Johnson and yeah. John C. Riley. I'm watching mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were watching the debut last night, and for some reason it froze on us, and I can't get past the 20 minute mark. So. Stop. Oh really? Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it'll, I think it'll be good. Yeah, it looks interesting. It looks yeah. really interesting. It's. You know, that's my era, so I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. I really am. So it's nice. really interesting. Uh, God, but for them to start out the way they did, like, with magic. Do you, yeah, 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 yeah. Young. Did, did, did you get the first scene? Yeah, he was in the, was it, he was in the clinic, right? It was like the AIDS thing? Yeah, for HIV. Yeah. For being H- Let me tell you yeah. something, dude. I was a junior in college the day he made the announcement, and the world stopped. Yeah. Stopped. I mean, we're talking about everybody loved Magic except for Celtics fans. Sure. Probably respected the shit out of him, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The sports. The world stopped. I know. That's crazy. What was the two? There was like a 30 for 30 or something that was like, I don't know how long ago it came out, but it talked about like, and then he, he went back to play and then he was bleeding on the court and guys were like, I'm not. Yes. And he was like, instead of just being like clear, cause it like, that's not how it happens. You know what I mean? Like he right. was like, instead of trying to like explain to everyone how he said, I just was like, I'm not going to make people uncomfortable. And he like stepped away. And it was just, I remember reading all that. Just thinking that. I don't know, right. Crazy. So he came back the next year to play in the all-star game. That's what it was. The announcement was the, yeah. 30 for 30. Good job, Robbie. Um, yeah. The next year in Orlando at the all-star game. They wanted him to play, and he came out and played. And there were some guys who wanted no part of him. Yeah, I know. Big names. Big yeah. names. Wanted no part of him. But yeah. most of the guys came right up. Huge hug. 
Loved it that he was there. He had the time of his life. He was the MVP of the game, I believe. Really kind of a cool moment because it was still very unnerving. Yeah. In the early 90s at that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that was interesting. What are we watching in the Rose family? So we were watching that. I watched the girl across the street in the window. Oh, yeah. I started that. I didn't like, I couldn't like fully get into it, but I, is it good or whatever? It was, it's eight like half hour episodes. It's quick. Yeah. You finish it in like one night. It was huh. fine. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Oh, I, I'm rewatching Silicon Valley too. That show is amazing. You should watch that show. What, on which HBO? one's that on? HBO. Okay. It's like about the Silicon Valley, like tech startups and stuff. It's good. It's hilarious. It's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. I don't is know it who really? wrote it or I don't, maybe, I don't know who all the writers were, but it's hilarious. It's awesome. Okay, I'm in. I'm in. Do it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what we did. I think that's where we are. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Neato. Right, I'm just waiting for this stuff to get done because I'm sick of asking good guys like you about it. So ready for it to start as well. Obviously, got to wait till there's like a, a good deal or whatever. Hopefully, we can negotiate. Everyone can negotiate in good faith, but I'm, I'm ready to go and see baseball. Like it hit, especially this last like couple of weeks, it's just been like, my body's so ingrained in going to spring training at a certain time where it's just like, what are you doing and where are you? Like, I just feel so out of touch. Why don't you do what uh, Brault went to an Arizona State game? Why don't you go to? A- I've been to. I went to a U. I went to a USF game two weeks ago. I went. I might go up to UF uh, and go see Barco throw because my agent has him, mm-hmm. and I've texted him a little bit. And his girlfriend wants to do like, uh, is it like wants to be a PA? And my girlfriend's a PA, so they talked. And I might. I might go up there. It depends on like. What happens or what I'm going to do on the weekend, but that that'd be fun. I might. I mean, Wait, so a PA much free is time. in like a production assistant or something else. She's a physician's assistant. Oh, okay, physician's yeah. assistant. I yeah, was yeah, like yeah. PA yeah. in a television world means production. No, assistant. I know. there's like a, a personal assistant. You can have all the all the, a lot of PA meetings. Yeah, yeah. There's way too yeah. many. Do you get yeah. rec- you must get recognized at those college baseball games. Yeah, I actually went. And we just like sat up in the stands and hung out for a little bit and like a couple of people. And then I went out and sat on like the bluff area and like tried to get some sun and McClanahan was sitting there just like, Hey, what's no, up? What? And I was like, you're bored too. And he went to USF. So it oh. was like, yeah, it just made sense, but it was nice seeing him. And we hung out my girlfriend met him and we just hung out for a little bit. And that's fun. It was fun. Yeah. Good weekend. Well, I wish you were in Arizona though, this coming weekend. We John boy, big plans. We really? A, oh yeah. Maybe I'll go sneak away. I gotta go. We do have something. a huge um, house that we have rented. Wow. A content house where guys Ooh. are just gonna be rolling through, playing games, having fun, shooting That's awesome. shit. Oh yeah, a lot of good stuff. What is it from Friday to Sunday? Yeah, and then some. I think. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Maybe I'll stay if, with your parents. I... See, look at this. Yeah, I might have this. Got her. Mario Kart. Oh. oh, yeah, it's a whole week long. That's cool. Yeah. Well, if I sneak out there, I'm going to let you know. You should go say hi to the family as well. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. That's a no. It's all right. I'll- no, I'm, it's like, I'd say it's a, I'd say 50, 50, let's say four, 60, 55, 45. Which direction? No, 55%. Yes, 45%. <laughs> Well, see, it's Tuesday though. I just had a weekend, and now I'm, I'm kind of like I want to sit. I want to like you know, like get all my stuff in, blah blah. But once Friday rolls around, Thursday rolls around, 
it's a different story. So, yeah, and you are one of those guys. You're such an anti Rose family member. Like where I book my flights <laughs> like months in advance. You're like, dude, we're rolling to the airport. I think there's a seat left. Yeah, that's the best way to go. It's awesome. It's just kind of yeah, gotta leave. Oh, always great catching up with you. The next time I talk to you, you're going to be in camp. Or I hope I have to be right. It's like four or six weeks we do this. Yeah, but I think by then I hope. I said I said if the season's not started by like May seventh, it's. Actually, April 20th. I wanted 420 to be the celebration where the whole world could do maybe that's what pass. Maybe that's what Manfred's holding out for. Maybe he's just like, we got to wait for the holiday. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, I think baseball would win back some fans. Yeah, there you go. Maybe that's what he's doing. PR, possibly you. You could get in there and help him out. That we're always thinking. Special (laughs) shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. Tyler Glass now, thank you so much for dropping by. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, And we will see everybody next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media, and today presented to you by SeatGeek.